Happy March, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. The uh, next holiday that is upon us in March is St. Patty's Day, Steve. Uh, how, how big are you of, a, of an indulger? And I, I know you're a man who appreciates uh, some of the finer tastes and, and when you do choose to indulge in, a, in an alcoholic beverage. Um, you're not going to be out there, you know, pounding back JMO and uh, you know, Irish car bombs. But uh, how, much of a, how big of a St. Patty's Day guy are you? Well, so it's good, good question. Uh, it's actually my mother's birthday, so I'll be celebrating nice. okay. her first. My probably best St. Patty's Day story is uh, living in Chicago for grad school. You know, that is a, a city. Uh, Steve, are you familiar with Chicago St. Patrick's Day traditions? No. Oh, they, they paint the water green or something? They, they dye the entire Chicago River green. And I was still uh, working at a bar, bartending at the time to make ends meet to get through grad school. I was bartending at a rooftop overlooking the Chicago River. And when I tell you uh, that is like New Orleans Mardi Gras, I mean, whatever celebration you can think of, Chicago is very serious. I and mean, people won't go to work, Steve. Like, it's, it's just known that, like, for example, we're taping this on uh, March 10th, which is a Wednesday, which means we're a week away from St. Patty's Day. And uh, next Wednesday, Chicago, especially considering the fact it was COVID, uh, if, they, if things are open up there, it will be shut down. And, and it's just, it is a great time there. So I'll say that is in, that, in the traditional sense of St. Patty's Day. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful environment there. But without further ado, welcome back to the episode of the QB Spotlight podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at QB Spotlight. You can find us on various podcasting platforms brought to you by Podbean and found on Apple iTunes. Also, you can find, just search QB Spotlight to find Steve's breakdowns on YouTube as well. Steve, where else can you find this podcast? You can also find us on uh, at NFLDraftDiamonds.com. They put our podcast in our, our YouTube channel, and they do a great job. And they do a really good job with uh, covering school uh, kids that go kind of under the radar and, and kind of are overlooked for the NFL draft. So, again, find them at NFLDraftDiamonds.com or on Twitter, it's at DraftDiamonds. Again, they do a great job. I also want to point out, Eric is has sleeves on today. He does not have, um, he's not he does not have cutoffs on today. So, uh, must be a little chilly in, in Florida. Must be like sixty five degrees. But I just wanted to throw throw that out there for the, the listeners that can't see us. He does not have he has sleeves on today. Now, for the listeners out there who may live in cold weather parts of the nation, it's going to be eighty five out today. So, I just want to let you guys know that. Um, I'm wearing sleeves. It's to not intimidate Steve. I, I don't <laughs> want to do that with Steve and Joe Broback uh, from last week. So I figure I will just go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> oh man, let's go ahead and jump to the pod. Got a fun podcast for you guys today. We're gonna as we're still making our way through the off season, so uh, we're bringing kind of various unique uh, types of off season content. What we're gonna start with here is uh, something that Steve saw was pretty fun from the uh, Cover 3 podcast. It did coaches, and we're going to do quarterbacks in terms of making our starting five. Uh, Steve, you want to go ahead and explain your, your, um, your yeah, thinking yeah. on this one? So, uh, so, so the, again, we want to give credit to the Cover 3 podcast uh, with CB, CBS Sports. We don't want you know, take, take their thunder. Uh, it was their idea. So what they did was they had five um, – they, they had a five basketball uh, – the five starting lineups in the basketball – and they did their breakdown from uh, coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches. And so they had a starting five and they had a head coach. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to take five group of five quarterbacks and make it into our basketball lineup. And then what Eric doesn't know is we're going to take uh, one group of five coach and make him be our head coach for this basketball team. And, and so we got five quarterbacks from the group of five and then we have one 
uh, coach from the group of five that's going to be coaching these five. So uh, is that pretty clear, Eric? Kind of ready to rock and roll? Basketball is yeah. more your thing, but I, I might have you in this in this exercise. No, that you you very may well, very well may is the phrase there. If I say that correctly, uh, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and you um can go and start us off first. Now I'm gonna need time to think of a coach. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have a coach either, by the way. I just threw that threw that uh, out there. So. Um, so here's my list, and my list is we're, we're a speed team, okay? Like we're we're gonna put, we're, we're gonna press, and we are going to push the ball up court as fast as we possibly can. We're not looking to freaking get the clock to go down. We want to score, and we want to score fast. So with that said, I got Frank Harris from UTSA as my point guard, my number one. He's my distributor, um, six foot guy, but quick as can be. Probably one of the fastest quarterbacks all the group of five, and I just imagine him having handles right I imagine being like an Allen Iverson type guy um he was recruited to play defensive back at big power five schools so he's my point guard he's number one <clears throat> my number two is Desmond Ritter uh he's my shooting guard so uh he's about six four big athletic guy he can drive but he's gonna be able to uh I think have enough ability to stop on the dime and, and and take a jump shot as well so he's my number two my number three is Carson Strong Nevada quarterback who was a successful high school basketball uh, player in California. So I know he can shoot. He's going to be my, my, my shooting uh, – what's, what's the three called, Eric? Shooting guard? No. Small forward. Small forward. There you go. That shows my basketball expertise. I'm just going to sit him up, uh, you know, behind the three-point line, dish him the rock, let him hit a three. My number four is Cornelius Brown from Georgia State, 6'5 guy. He's going to be an athletic number four. He's going to be able to – shoot he's like a Kevin Garnett essentially is, is what I'm going to compare him as and my number five is backup quarterback from Nevada Nate Cox he's my center for the simple fact that he is six nine and I need him to get some boards I don't care if he scores just get some boards play some defense and that's my starting five for my coaches I'm going with Will Healy from Charlotte for the simple fact he's going to get guys energetic he's going to get people fired up and, he, and I don't even know if he knows anything about basketball I don't care he's just going to get those guys fired up and ready to rock and roll so that's my starting five that's my head coach I've got some backups too but I, I want you to go first and then I got some some funny guys to throw in there that you know we might need to take a take a charge or to, to foul out of the game essentially <laughs> all right so uh I'm gonna go and start with my coach I think my coach is gonna be Willie Taggart uh, Willie Taggart's a guy who was always well liked and respected by his players. And I feel like he, he has a personality who could, you know, kind of meld well as a basketball coach, you know, uh, a mix of a player's coach, but someone who can also come down and, and be well respected. Uh, of the guys you chose, I'm going to take Cornelius, Cornelius Brown and Frank Harris, the two guys that I wanted on my roster. Going to take DJ Mack from ODU. Uh, former UCF quarterback, did play some basketball in high school. Take DJ Mack there. Uh, I'm going to go with Grant Gunnell. Uh, to be my big. Uh, and then the last guy I'm going to go with is I was a little torn on this one, but I, I definitely want someone who can come in there and be athletic and be fast. And I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to go with now, granted, he's not at a school. So this, he was at a G5 school. So I'm going to throw a little caveat in there. Okay, okay. Six, three and a half, Jason Bean. You want to talk about one of the fastest <laughs> and at most athletic quarterbacks in <laughs> G5 when he was there last year. Uh, you can get up and down the court. Yeah. So um, I'm coming at you, coming at you with a lot of speed. And then I'll go and give you my, my backup. Uh, I, I'd go with JV on Posey. Uh, yeah. I think JV on Posey is someone who uh, very quick, very fast, you know, we're, we're going to be able to score some points. So that's what I'm going with, uh, with my roster, a little smaller than, than yeah. your, your lineup there. I, I like the Jason Bean pick. I imagine him like trying to, to dunk from the free throw line, right? I imagine he's, <laughs> um, exactly. 
an, another guy I liked was Sean Chambers from Wyoming, probably the most athletic quarterback in all the group of five, um, just for my opinion. Um, and then I, I was going to take TJ3 from UAB as a backup. Just for the simple fact, I think he's going to be one of the more physical quarterbacks in the group of five. And so if I need someone to take a foul or a charge, or if, if someone's kind of roughing up one of our good players, you know, I'll be like, hey, be, be, be our Dennis Rodman, go in there and get a foul. Go protect this guy. So, that, so that's what I got TJ3 for. So, Steve, uh, you want to go and transition to our, you know, meat of our episode today? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it, bro. All right. So the meat of our episode, as I – I said we are going to transition away from the transfer portal a little bit. Let that continue to shake out. Let guys fall where they may. And we absolutely are not done with the transfer portal. We'll revisit those guys. Maybe not an entire episode. Uh, as guys fall into place, we may you know, spotlight one or two or three guys uh, here or there. Uh, no pun intended on spotlight. But we're going to go ahead and try to get into the QB competitions with spring rolling around. There are some spring camps that have already opened up. I know for the most part, a lot of Conference USA spring camps are opening up towards the end of March. FIU, of course, school I cover opening up on March 22nd. So we're going to get into some of the G5 QB competitions. We're going to go with the one that's about 20 minutes from the place that I'm currently at over on Fowler Avenue, the University of South Florida. Very interesting competition there, one that Jeff Scott, head coach Jeff Scott, was quoted in the Tampa, why am I forgetting the name, the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, it's sorry. Uh, the, the newspaper that I grew up with was the St. Petersburg times. It's been, it's, uh, it's evolved. It's changed names over the years. The Tampa Bay times, he was quoted as saying initially he had hoped to have that competition. Um, maybe not necessarily settled by spring, but have a little bit more of a, of an inkling as to what direction it may go. Um, Steve, really quick, before we even get into the guys who are there, how do you feel about that? I, I think that's something that, you know, maybe us, uh, and why, and I say us, I'm not talking about you. So want me as a media guy, I want to make sure Steve, not a media guy, I want to make sure I emphasize that right now. Um, us as media guys, we tend to get a little bit caught up in the fact that like, hey, if there's a quarterback competition, you want that answer immediately, right? And I would think um, in an ideal world that you could, that's a position, that's an answer that you could have wrapped up at the end of spring so you can have the summer and the fall as to know who your guy is. But if you're trying to decide between two, three, four guys, this is something I've asked, you know, whether it's been Butch Davis or former offensive coordinator Rich Skrosky, other guys. How realistic is it to split those reps between two, three, and four guys and come up with a solid answer as to who your quarterback's going to be? Yeah, so to put in perspective for listeners, like in spring practice, unless things have changed, and you might actually know this better than me, and when I was in school, I think we had like 16 practices we were allowed. Um, 15, it's 15 now. I mean, depending on where you're at, I know you were at FCS level, so it may have been one or two more, but 15. Yeah. So, so 15, and then – does that include the game, too? There's some technicalities around that. Uh, uh, that You can start a hot debate with coaches on, on Twitter, say that. Uh, it, it, but 15, we'll, we'll use that number. And so regardless if it includes the game or not, that's not a lot of practices. It's not a lot of time you have to really see. So I understand wanting to wait till fall, which I think um, – you know, after, you know, I know he said he, they wanted a quarterback in spring, but now it's looking like they probably will wait till fall because um, they've had, you know, a week or so of practice. And so, obviously, you, you want the quarterback as soon as possible. But at the same time, you don't want to just have a – you don't want to name a starting quarterback just to name a starting quarterback, especially in USF's position when they starred what, at least three guys at quarterback last year. So, I, I think in their case, I think it's wise to wait until – uh, fall and because you got Fortin come back from from injury and then Jeremy Williams of course a transfer so the more reps they can get the better is is that kind of what what your mindset is as well as has it relates to, I think it depends on the, the program too I'm, I'm, I want to say no I think that's a fair answer 
And in the effort of full transparency, one of the things that I've kind of, I don't want to say I've, I've given Bush Davis a hard time or kind of pushed back, but when there has been quarterback competition, uh, like last year in 2019, one of the things that I've, I've kind of been, I've been assertive in asking him is this, what's the strategy surrounding spring? Because there's only so much a fall you can take with multiple guys. Yeah. I, I know coaches will give you the coach speak and say, hey, we got three guys coming in the fall who could be, I don't believe that. Here's why. You can only take realistically, Steve, and I'll defer to you as our quarterback guy. What, half a fall? Half a fall, you know, once you get back to really split the reps between two and maybe, I'll give you three guys, maybe two, before you have to start prepping one for, for, the, for, the, for the opening game. Is that fair? A hundred percent. And that's not even including the, you know, like the, your first couple of practices of, of fall camp, you're without pads, right? You're just in shirts. Right. Just- so you're even more limited in that, in that um, position. But, but going to the guys they had, like um, the, the most recent article I was able to find, which I think was a Tampa Bay Times as well, yeah. um, said that uh, Jared Williams and, and Kate Fortin were splitting first team reps. Um, and, but they do have four valid, op- valid options. But I think it's fair to say it's probably a two-man race between Jared Williams and, and Kate Fortin. Um, I, I think that they're a quarterback. I think if they get some good quarterback play, I think USF could could. Well, I think they went one seven last year. I think they could potentially. Uh, I don't want to say push for a bowl game, but be competitive in more of their games and, and get up there in that four or five plus win column. Steve, I'm really glad you said essentially there's going to be two guys, right? Because that's just kind of my feeling on it. Just to wrap up that thought I was making previously, is I don't think. While okay, sure, you may go into it saying, "Hey, we have two guys, or we have three guys." And you know, we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. I think what happens is you have one or two right? Who you say, this is who we expect to be the leaders in the clubhouse. And then maybe you have one who you think, all right, all things go according to plan. This is going to be our guy. And then maybe that third person is like, wow, maybe like a Chris Reynolds at Charlotte, where if he totally blows you away and your other options aren't, you know, knocking your socks off. It's like, all right, we may have to give this guy a look. Maybe you have a dark horse candidate like that. But I think just in in my trying to use common sense here, yeah. You, you, when you see these races that have two and three and four guys, uh, really it's just two, in my opinion. Because at a certain point, like you said, when you get to fall, you, you, you're, the opening practices, you're without pads. Then you got to go into installation. And then you got to prep someone for that, that opening game, right? Which is, hey, this is what you like to run. This is what we're going to run against this defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, Steve, really quick, I, you know, I, I know we've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of go a little bit long on this. Yeah. Uh, a fundamental principle that I think a lot of people should understand, I've gotten this question on Twitter a lot, is when you have quarterbacks who maybe two different styles or different types, right? A question I've gotten is, well, you have an entire playbook, so why can't you just shift from X to Y? Steve, can you kind of give a quick breakdown? We don't have to go really long. We can do this during the year. Yeah. Just a quick breakdown. What percentage of your playbook would you say is actually available for installation in a game week? Yeah, man, not a whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> I right. Mean, right, because like, let's say, let me just, let's say this team only runs like, let's say quarters, let's say cover four is their base defense or cover, whatever you want to say, cover two. Well, that's going to take a, a good chunk out of the playbook that we're not going to use because a chunk of the playbook isn't made for cover two defense, right? It's made for a cover three or a cover, cover one. So um, it's going to largely depend on what the defense throws at you. So let's say if quarterback A isn't very good against what this defense throws, uh, our way then that's going to take away another chunk of the playbook right so you want to play your quarterback strengths and I think 
if we're going back to if we go back to you know what Cade Fort and Jared Williams bring, I think they're probably fairly similar quarterbacks. Would you agree that they sure, sure, run sure, a little bit? Sure. So, um, so I think USF has at least that going in their favor, right? Like like they're similar quarterbacks, so it's going to be a similar offense. Um, but I think this is going to be a fun competition just to watch in, in general. Um, and, and like like you said, I, like. Do they open up against Alabama? Do you know off the top of your – did I see that right? I, I, I don't know the stuff okay. off of your head, uh, off the top of my head. I will get an answer for you there. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, really quick, Steve, I'm glad you, glad you answered that. That's one of the things I want to address yeah. is that, you know, when you get that question, it's like you kind of want to bring listeners in. I would go back and listen to our James Morgan episode from yesteryear, from the, the early days of the QB Spotlight podcast. We will go ahead and retweet that one out. Um, you know, and just kind of reach yeah. it a classic. But James really gave a deep dive into kind of understanding, hey, this is how a game week works, and you're chopping off at least 50% of your playbook, mm. um, probably not, if probably more than that, to prep for a specific opponent. So that's why you can't just say, hey, you got an entire playbook, go run plays. That's not exactly um, how that works. But the next uh, quarterback battle that we're going to get into is Southern Miss. New head coach Will Hall coming in from Tulane. Interesting situation there with Trey Lowe. Um, definitely want to see what happens between he and the kid T-Webb. Um, I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, I, from what I've seen coming out of um, Southern Miss, I think this one genuinely is going to be, hey, you know, new head coach, new system, go out there and impress me. You know, the, I'm, I'm going to kind of contradict everything I said as far as coming in and having the idea of one guy, um, yeah. you know, maybe being ahead of the other. So, Steve, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so with this, I, I, think, it's, I think it's a two-man race between Trelo and, and, and T-Webb. Sure. Uh, Tate Watley isn't coming back. He's not playing the back up the past few years. He got some starts. Um, I think they have one other guy coming in, a scholarship guy, if, 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 unless he's already there. But I think it's a two-man race. And I was able to kind of find some content from Will Hall and, and just describing the, the battle. And, and what he said so far is – and this was a few days ago – is uh, he talked about T-Webb, that he just had his best day, and he's starting to learn the urgency of the offense, which I think is something important to remember because an offense wants to go, 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 and it's kind of, uh, you know, the RPO scheme, but it has passing um, kind of structure to that RPO scheme. And what, he, what Will Hall said about Trey Lowe is Lowe had an unbelievable week. And so take that for what it's worth, but it sounds like both guys were taking strides. Uh, I was able to listen to Trey Lowe a little bit. Um, and he just said he's trying to be consistent. He says he's done a decent job. Sounds like a very humble guy. Um, and a, another interesting thing with Trey Lowe that is, to me, I found interesting was this is his first year playing spring football because he's been playing baseball the past few years, like when he was at right. West Virginia and then last year with COVID. So he's actually getting like a full, his first kind of full off season. Uh, but regardless, I think both guys are going to fit the system that Will Hall's bringing. Uh, but like you said, it's a clean slate. So if someone has a bad week and someone has a good week, that doesn't mean that guy's the starter and that guy's the backup. They have, you know, time to improve and time to impress Will Hall. Really quick, just to answer the question you had asked me, USF opens up, or South Florida, as it like to be called, opens up at North Carolina State, and then they play Florida. So that is, uh, that is um, <clears throat> the bull schedule there, but we don't particularly care too much about what they're doing over there. So with that, be <laughs> with, with that being said, uh, this is what I, what I find really interesting about the Southern Miss competition is there is talent there you know Steve I'm gonna let you kind of uh do the specific work as far as the quarterback's concerned when you look at the running back position Frank Gore Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, the son of legendary NFL running back Frank Gore arguably had one of the top freshman seasons in Conference USA last year at receiver Jason Brownlee was a JUCO transfer was a JUCO All-American in 2019 he came out in 2020 
and averaged over 20 yards per catch. So whoever is the quarterback there is going to have some weapons to work with. And if you look at, I almost said um, Will Healy, if you look at Will Hall's offense there at Southern Miss, if you look at some of the things he did at Tulane, I think maybe, Steve, we might, you know, as we get a little further on the offseason, might have to do a little bit of a deep dive into the Will Hall offense. Because if you watch it as, a, as an observer, it is one of the most unique and kind of fascinating offenses to watch run in specificity. He's used to the tight end. I remember they had a kid, Tyrant James, a big athletic tight end put you this way. The tight end is not necessarily the number one receiving option or number two receiving option, but it's, it's more uh, it's based off of matchups. So when Tyrant James, when they saw that they had the matchup, they liked, you know, a big athletic tight end going up against a smaller uh, FIU secondary. They took advantage of those matchups, and I think they'll have to do the same thing at Southern Miss if they can get that position going. So definitely want to see how uh, that kind of melds with the quarterback strengths. But overall, I am someone who, from what we saw of Trey Lowe last year, had that really impressive start against FAU, which is one of the best defenses in Conference USA. Want to see if he can maybe transition that into a full season, like you mentioned him getting the full offseason, not playing baseball. So we'll see what happens as that is uh, that job is concerned. Let's transition to our final quarterback battle. That's Rice. Mm-hmm. This is one that's a bit of a four-way race, uh, at least going into it. So it's a four-way race. The guys that I would keep an eye on personally, Giovanni Johnson, and uh, I still, still think you got to keep an eye on Wiley Green, but you have Jake Constantine who came in from Boise State and Weber State. Steve, I'll let you take it away and kind of give your thoughts. Yeah, so it's a – I think everyone there has experience playing, even Giovanni Johnson. Did he – was it Marshall he started last – Giovanni Johnson got the start against Marshall last year. Wiley Green actually got the start – if my memory serves me correct, Wiley Green got the start against FIU in 2018. Um, and he, and he's, Wiley Green, Wiley Green was knocked out of that. What was that opening? Do you remember like, Steve? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Wake Forest. Yeah, unfortunately left on a stretcher. Um, yeah. Remember that one? That was a tough one. But Wiley Green does have some experience. Yeah. Um, uh, TJ McMahon, I don't believe has a ton of experience. Yeah, but, much about him. Yeah, but uh, uh, Green and and Giovanni Johnson definitely have the bulk of the experience there. And then Constantine, is I'm pronouncing that right? Jake Constantine? I've got it as, uh, as Constantine, but Constantine. You know, well, I, I don't have the pronunciation guide. I'm, as soon as the, the Rice SID drops that, I'll get that back to you. But, uh, but yeah, and, so, and then, of course, he has experience uh, being successful at the FCS level. So I think, like you said, it's a three-man race. And then, uh, you know, someone we're both familiar with over at the, the, the Roost, who does the great job covering Rice, I was able to talk to, to him a little bit and – because spring ball just started, so nothing has been you know, too exciting so far. But most people think that it's going to come down to Giovanni and then uh, Constantine, the, the new transfer. Um, he, he says reps have been fairly even through practice and expect competition to run into fall camp. But and something he said, which I think you probably agree with, because you've been high on Rice, and I think I agree with as well, is they seem to be – if they can find a quarterback, they – they could potentially go bowling this year, this year, right? Like if they find a quarterback that they can have a really good year and surprise people just because their offense is so different than everyone else that runs it in, in the conference USA, right? So I think they found a quarterback. They, they got a shot. I don't know much about Constantine. I know he's had success. I like Johnson for the simple fact, uh, the success he had against Marshall and that he's kind of more dual threat guy. It's going to give the, the, the defense something else that's prepare for. Um, but I think, I think like, like, you know, talking to the guys at the roost, if they found the quarterback, they can be set for next year. Yeah, shout out to the Roost. I'm going to assume the guy you spoke to was Matt Bartlett, who does a great job at, at the Roost. Uh, got, Matt's really one of the good guys in, uh, in Conference USA and all of college football content. If you're interested in Rice and all CUSA content, 
Uh, if it's not Underdog Dynasty, <laughs> I'd recommend uh, uh, going to the roost. Really quick, just some background on Jake Constantine. Uh, two years at Weber State, started 24 games, so definitely has the edge in terms of starting experience, threw for 4,400 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 22 interceptions. Not sure how you feel about the uh, interception ratio there. Uh, that would be if my um, someone can go ahead and make fun of me after this. What, what is that? That is a th- two to one. Four, you say 44 and 22? No, no, no. 33 and 22. Oh, I, one and a half to one. Okay. okay. If, okay. Uh, if uh, hopefully. So I listen, I am not a mathematician. So whoever wants to go and make fun of me on Twitter on the back end, have at it. Tag me at Eric C. Henry underscore. Um, really quick, the 22 interceptions at the FCS level, uh, especially in comparison to the uh, touchdown passes. And Steve, just to give you some context. That's 22 picks on 418 attempts. Um, for comparison's sake, Bailey Zappi probably threw it 400 times uh, at, uh, at Houston Baptist. Didn't have 22 picks. Again, you know, Bailey Zappi's a much better quarterback at the FCS level, but just want to get your quick thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, um, one, you know, without seeing much film, you, want, you, want, you don't know why they're, they sure. have. Sure. But still, 22 is, is, is fairly high. Uh, but at the same time, it's a new slate, right? New, new coaching staff. It's probably a different offense than what he, than what he ran at the FCS level, um, or at least some different concepts or, or different schemes in that approach. But being the Rice quarterback and how they – their scheme and style, you know, if their quarterback, even if he doesn't throw many touchdowns, as long as he limits his interceptions, they're going to have a chance to win because they want to kind of chew clock. They, they want to keep the opposing offense off the field and, and play good defense uh, and just kind of, you know, run you down. So I think whoever plays the quarterback position, you want to limit those turnovers. And that goes without say, but especially the Rice, as, as the Rice offense is right now. And so that's something that you would um, that I'm sure is on his mind and sure is on the coaching staff's mind. Hey, we got to limit these turnovers, regardless if it was your fault or not. You got to make sure that these 22 interceptions, or if you want to break up to 11 11, just if you want to make it kind of half and half, that that doesn't carry over to the Rice offense. Steve, really quick, can you kind of give us a little bit, you know, the, the listeners at home, a little bit of introduction or just a little bit of context on the Rice offense? It's one that is unique. Uh, Mike Bloomgren's kind of brought what he calls intellectual brutality, which is one of the best taglines for just uh, an overall like phrase of how you want to run your program, right? <laughs> Got to love that, especially with the uh, smart folks over there at Rice and what they're kind of doing, what they're trying to do over there. And uh, really quick, I said Zappy to kind of get a comparison to FCS. 2019 threw 560 passes taught and threw 15 interceptions. So that's just comparison's sake, but again, totally different offensive scheme. Uh, what they're doing there. But yeah, can you kind of give the listeners at home just a little bit of background on what they're doing or more specifically how they're different from really a lot of college football in 2021? Right. So most college football, they're, they're going to spread you out. They're going to be in, in 10 or maybe or maybe 11 personnel, right? But most of the time they're going to be in 10 personnel, meaning, you know, you got one running back, no tight ends, four guys split out. 11 personnel, meaning we got one running back, one tight end, three guys split out. Rice is going to be more, you know, they're going to have more two, two tight ends. So Mike, 12 personnel, 22 personnel, they're going to have a running back and a fullback. And they're going to try to establish the run game, not necessarily trying to break long runs necessarily, although of course we'll take that. <clears throat> But they, they, they want to chew the clock and they kind of want to pound you and wear you down over the game and kind of let their running game set up their passing game, get some play action stuff. And you'll see them getting shotgun still as well. I don't, I'm not saying they won't do that. But as far as personnel goes, probably their biggest difference from what other offenses are running, uh, they're going to have 22 personnel. Um, they're going to have 12 personnel, more tight ends, more fullbacks involved. Would you, would you say it's pretty fair to say? Someone who Absolutely. Watched, yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference is their personnel and based off their personnel uh, kind of changes the scheme they have compared to what you'll see at most colleges in this day and age. 
Absolutely. That is what I would say is an accurate assessment. Love the way they run the football, but don't take the fact that they're lining up in 12 personnel or 22 personnel as if they cannot throw the football as well. They've been blessed with really talented receivers, guys like Austin Trammell, Brad Rosner, who have, quite frankly, if the quarterback play had been a little more stable since Mike Bloomgren's arrival in 2018, if memory, 2018, I'm almost, I get the years a little mixed up there. Um, David Bailiff prior to him that, um, those are guys who would have gone over the thousand yard mark. So yep. definitely yep. got to say that, you know, they manage while they're looking to, you know, maybe go away from quote unquote spread, they still are have an effective passing game. So don't take it as if they cannot pass the football. But with that being said, we want to thank you for listening to the QB spotlight podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Steve on Twitter at Steven S T E V E N Hamner H A M N E R. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C Henry underscore find the podcast on Twitter at QB spotlight. Search us on YouTube, QB Spotlight, because he sees breakdowns there. Really quick, the only way we can help this podcast grow is through your review. So if you are leaving a review or if you find us on either Podbean or iTunes, feel free to leave us a review and we welcome all feedback. What do you guys want to hear? Is it, you know, more quarterback talk? Is it, you know, more quarterback competitions? The transfer portal, do you want to get a little more into X's and O's? Steve is our quarterback guru. He is able to handle all of those things. So please feel free to drop us a DM. We welcome and uh, can handle all feedback, positive, negative, or otherwise. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching. Stay safe. Uh, the next time we'll be recording, uh, hopefully you will be uh, finishing up enjoying your safe and sound St. Patty's Day holiday and tradition. Thank you for listening, everybody.